This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, welcome into the Stinkin' Truth Podcast. Uh, thank you so much for joining us with Mike Evans. Uh, I am Mark Schler, Scott the Hub, producing the show. I got to thank our, our presenting sponsor. We've got the great folks over at Sweet Sweat for all your exercise needs, your fitness needs. Check them out at SweetSweat.com. Also, the great folks at Superbook. Um, I tell you what, Jay Cornegay is going to uh, join us again. Um, I'm kicking Mike's ass no, in the not. picks once again. Like, I mean, you didn't expect anything different, but he's going to critique our picks, maybe give us a little uh, info going into week two of the NFL season. But without further ado, Mike, how are you, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. I'm looking forward. This is a, this is a big week. You know, it it's not... A death knell if you start the season 0-2, but it's certainly a big hole to dig out of. And well, you got some... It's pretty close. You got I mean, some right. teams that are, you, you know, have to bounce back this week. Well, yeah, there are, I mean, there are a lot of teams that you look at, like the Dallas Cowboys, right? Dallas Cowboys going on the road to the Rams. They lose a 2017 ball game. Um you know, albeit there's, you know, there's always going to be some controversy. There's always going to be some plays left on the field or whatever. But yeah, you, you really couldn't block Aaron Donald. You didn't have an answer for him, and um, and you really, you know, in, in a day and age where they were, yeah, it's funny the Dallas Cowboys. They were so good up front for so long and never capitalized on it, and now they've put all their money into weapons on the outside, and they couldn't block Aaron Donald. Like, there was a play where Aaron Donald, I don't know if you saw it, where he defeated a couple offensive linemen and then and then literally picked up Zeke Elliott and choke slammed his ass, right? I mean, it was just like, holy Moses. That guy is from a different planet. But the Dallas Cowboys, you can't afford to start 0-2. Well, maybe you can if you're Dallas or you're Philly. Because that division, you know, that division feels like, the NFC East feels like the first team to get to nine wins. I don't know about you, but I mean... Where are you with the NFC East in general? With Washington, the Washington, they don't even have a nickname. They're the Washington football team. How can they be any good? We're Washington, Philly, Dallas, and and we. I think we pretty much all just suspect the Giants are not going to be very good. Right. But to your point about, about starting 0-2, this is an interesting stat. Now, they did expand the playoffs for this year, but since 2002 when the league expanded and reorganized into eight divisions, the rate of teams making the playoffs after an 0-2 start – just 11 percent yeah so whether you're Dallas Atlanta Philly San Francisco Houston I mean these are all teams with lofty expectations for this year maybe not so much Atlanta but you know there's they still I think believe they can make the playoffs but these are all teams that are facing 0 and two right and be curious to see how they bounce back remember Atlanta last year started one and seven and then they stormed back they made some changes on the defensive side they stormed back to six and two a six and two finish right and um and you know seven and nine season but a great second half to the season and it was really it was really all the whispers about dan quinn their head coach being fired and the players are just like we can't put up with that we can't and they eliminated some gray area they changed the play caller on the defensive side um uh 
So they Raheem Morris did started calling plays on the defensive side of the play uh, of, of the ball, and they rallied around him and they played exceptionally well down the stretch. And they're a team. I just did them last week. They're a team that feel like they can be, you know, a playoff contending team. Think about going zero and two in that division. Unlike what we just talked about with the NFC East, go zero and two in the the NFC South because obviously you've got the Saints, you've got Tampa. Everybody thinks they're going to be pretty good. I mean, hell, Carolina hung 30 on the Raiders in their opening game, although they lost 34-30. So, like, there's some competition within that. And I happen to think, from a talent, just a pure talent standpoint, Mike, one of the things that that Atlanta had said is we have to play up to our talent. Because they athletic talent, man, they've got athletic talent like just in droves. So... It'll be interesting to see exactly how they respond as they head on the road for the first time to face the Dallas Cowboys. And I happen to think that I happen to think that Atlanta's, you know, I, I, they're a better team than what people are giving them kind of credit for. They just have to get one. Last year under Dirk Cutter, they threw the ball sixty-seven percent of the time. I did a three-game breakdown going into the game. They got in the red zone, Mike. They had twenty-seven plays in the red zone. In this three-game breakdown that I did toward the end of the season, 27 plays in the red zone. How many how many runs versus passes do you think they had in the red zone? I believe that you have to run the ball in the red zone to create some play action because there's less space in the red zone. It's more of an east and west game. You try to stretch people east and west. You can't stretch them vertically. So if you can't run the ball, it's really hard to get people to bite in the play action and do some of those things. It's really hard to get people behind that, that layer of, of linebackers, you know. So it's just really hard to do that. So I think it's important. That's just me. I'm not trying to lead the the witness here, but let me just ask you. 27 plays in those three games in the red zone. What do you think their run-pass ratio was? Oh, man. For that team, I bet you it's 70-30 pass. Pass run? 23 runs, four. I mean, 23 passes, four runs. Whoa, even more than that. Okay. That's what they, that's what they did. And so, like, I was just talking to Dan Quinn about – changing the identity and he's like 100 percent. we're changing our identity like we've gone back through what is traditionally a, a pass you know a, a pass situation for us right like we have got new run situations on downs that we normally don't run on second down and six plus we're going to run the ball we're going to find areas third down and four we're running the ball okay we're going to change those numbers and it didn't hear it it did in the first half that game was 14 to 12 I think it was 14-12 uh, going into the third uh, go in into halftime and Atlanta came back against Seattle and put some drives together and they were really playing and then and then it just kind of fell apart but I'm telling you building that changing what you do creating a new identity that takes time that's a skill and and they're working on it diligently but uh the game just kind of got away from them on Sunday. I think they're going to be a different team. All right, these teams that need to bounce back uh, and, and avoid going 0-2, some criticism uh, directed at quarterbacks. Uh, Kyle Shanahan not hiding the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo has to play better. Mm-hmm. 49ers are 0-1. And already a lot of heat coming down on Carson Wentz in, in Philadelphia. Which one of these quarterbacks do you think – bounces back that you're you're most confident bounces back this week well i'm most confident in the bounce back um of jimmy garoppolo because i have a lot more confidence in their offensive line and their run game 
and what they can do in the play action game to to take pressure off. Here, here's one thing that I that I know, and this has always been kind of the history of the NFL. There are teams that maybe you have more talent than, or that you're on paper better than, but they just match up really well. Whether it's scheme or whatever, they match up really well. The Arizona Cardinals just match up really well against San Francisco. Like Kyler Murray. Like he is, remember that that cartoon back then? Here I come to save the day. Oh, Mighty Mouse. Yeah, yeah. My, I mean, he's like little Mighty Mouse back there scrambling around. I, every time I see him, I think his feet, that's how his feet sound when he runs. And they have built their team to have these, you know, five first round defensive linemen that can run, that can move, and that can collapse the pocket. And they can do all that stuff. And he just avoids them and makes plays with his feet or throws it down the field, avoiding sacks. Like, he he just he just neutralizes their strength. Their greatest strength is that defensive front, and he seems to be able to neutralize that. They just have matched up well. If you go back to last year, even though San Francisco, I I think they beat them both times, but they were they were, I mean they were tooth and nail. They were dog fights. Both of those games were close games, as I recall. So they just seem to match up well. I just think that they've got a better scheme, a better system, and a better support system for Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, when you look at what Philly did, Philly, I don't know how many, they must have given up like eight sacks, tons of pressures, tons of sacks. I don't know that you just fix that, Mike. So um, I, I would go I would go Jimmy Garoppolo and the Niners have a better chance to bounce back and be one-on-one at the end of the day. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks being criticized, how about what's going on with Tampa after just week one? Bruce Arians was honest about Tom Brady, uh, some of the mistakes that he made that he could have played better. And, you know, I don't, I can't imagine Brady was bothered by it after 20 years with Bill Belichick. But how about Brett Favre jumping in uh, uh, in an interview saying, hey, Bruce Arians went too far. I mean, that that's way too much criticism after just one week. You're running the risk of dissension between B.A., and TB12, if you keep this up. Do you agree with Favre? No, I, I don't. And, and Favre did, I mean, he did couch it to some degree by saying, unless they had, you know, hey, I'm going to coach you hard and just like I do everybody else. Let me just tell you, I don't know if they have some agreement or not. B.A. is one of the most authentic dudes you'll ever meet. And so when you go down the road with B.A., you know what you're getting. He's going to rip your ass if your ass deserves ripping. And he doesn't care who knows about it. He's also going to praise you. He's going to love on you. He's going to be, I mean, he does all those things exceptionally well. So, uh, like, I think I think Tom Brady, there's nobody going to be more critical of Tom Brady than Tom Brady. And, and he did. Like, you know, the old adage, it's a game of inches. So, I'm doing Tampa this weekend. So, I went through with a, a fine-tooth comb everything in that game. And there are so many simple, like, correctable mistakes within that game where receiver and quarterback aren't on the same page. And at the top of a route, you stop. You're supposed to work away from leverage. Tom Brady throws it to where you should walk, work away from leverage, and it harmlessly hits the ground for an incomplete pass. And I'm looking at it like people are like, wow, Tom ain't Brady, really inaccurate. And I'm going, whoa, whoa, whoa. Receiver, not, not, you know, not getting away at the top of his route, not changing his stem at the top of his route. To, to work himself open. Like there's there's that communication that goes on with working with guys. And it's different in practice. It's different, you know, when you're in shorts and shoulder pads versus the game. And that's, that's where I saw 
just a lot of mistakes, Mike. Just a, I mean, there were a ton of, they had a screen set up, a middle screen, and Scotty Miller's coming across the formation in motion, and, um, and he's supposed to help uh, their left tackle, I believe Donovan Smith, the left tackle position, 76. And so he's going to go over there and set that up. They've got a fake screen to the right and a middle screen to Gronkowski. They want to get him the ball. They got to set up beautifully. It's going to be a, you know, it's probably going to be a 12-yard gain if the DB makes the tackle and Gronkowski is going to punish that DB, right? What happens? Scotty Miller comes flying across and hits Donovan Smith in the back. Sack. Right? Knocks the defensive end off of him. Sack. Like little things like that throughout the course. They run a, a play where Gronk is running a corner. They're running a flat corner com- uh, combination. And um, or they're running actually they're running double under with a corner. And so Gronk is number three in a trips formation, meaning he's lined up at the tight end position, the closest to the, the quarterback. And so normally you run a through and, and you run they call it follow. So there's two underneath routes and then the, the tight end runs the through and takes away the safety and takes away that inside linebacker to open up those holes. Right. Well, he goes fakes through the through and hits the corner. So bam. And the safety is still in the middle of the field. It is wide ass open there in man and the linebacker doesn't run with Gronkowski it's a it's a 40 yard gain Brady doesn't see it like he flat flat doesn't see it and then he threw the pick six to me the pick six is you're like when you drop as a corner and all of a sudden number two the inside receiver goes across the field like even in zone now you're lock so you're reading in zone you're reading like okay what's number two do Number two's running upfield. You got to maintain your depth and distance. Number two leaves. He goes across. I'm a lock man, right? So Jackrabbit Jenkins is just standing there, right? And he sees Brady stop his drop, like stop his drop. He knows it's coming out. He takes off. Brady throws a terrible ball. I mean, a terrible ball. You know, here's the deal. My my theory is this: their center, I think it's Jensen. He's got some dirty to him, right? He's a little bit touched. I think he's got excessive ball sweat. Oh, jeez. I think... I, I, I'll give you credit. I think this he's is, got the, sw- this I, is the only time I've heard this theory advanced. I think he has got... Well, he that guy's playing with bat wings, and I think he's got swamp ass. And I think there's a couple times that ball came out wet. Oh, I, I'm, I'm not kidding you. I am not kidding you. And Brady's, it was slippery. There, I've never seen so many Aaron balls thrown by Brady. I think it's swamp ass. It's wet ball syndrome. That dude, Kappa, and he's got a big towel hanging down because Brady knows. Brady complained in the offseason about how sweaty his That's balls true. were. That's true. He did. He did. He did. So right. I'm, tell, I'm telling you, this is a, there's a, like we can solve this. There's, there's, a, a beautiful, there's a beautiful thing that you can do here. One, you can not only solve the issue, but while solving the issue, you can make your center some extra money in endorsement deals. How so? Little thing called depends, Mike. Oh, God. <laughs> so you get him in an endorsement deal. You make him wear the depends to sop up some of that ass sweat. Oh, God. Because that dude has got an excessively sweaty ass. Yeah. And keeps the ball dry. You know, he's got the Dighty on, and uh, that dude's making money with the pens. You know, I've heard... you see Brady do the commercial? Listen, when you play with a guy who's got excessive ass sweat and playing with bat wings, 
you know you're going to get a slippery ball. Not anymore, thanks to Depends. Oh, jeez. Right? I've heard a lot of people go to great lengths to try to defend Tom Brady this week. The swamp ass theory is one I have not heard. The so swamp con- ass theory. Congratulations to you. And, I, and, and you know what? I dare you. I, I double dare you to bring that up with Brady when you talk to him later this week. I'm going to talk to you. You're going to say, hey, listen, Tom, how much of it was ass wet? I'm going to say, Tom, I'm not one to make excuses. You know that. I'm a responsibility taker. But let me ask you about swamp ass. Oh, jeez. <laughs> right? Hey, look, you get right? Tom. You get you're getting Tom two weeks in a row. Let's not get this relationship off to a bad uh, off the off on the wrong foot, okay? I think swamp ass is legit. I think it's legit. Yeah. I really. He's not going to say it. But you think to he'll... embarrass the guy? There's some dudes that sweat a lot, Mike. There are some dudes that just produce an excessive amount of crack sweat. <laughs> Jeez. You don't want that guy being your center. No, I guess not. No, I guess not. I guess not. not. See, not see folks, the, this is the kind of analysis that uh, has me wondering how the heck am I already behind you in our moneymaker picks after just one week? Dude, that's the kind of analysis that wins you games right there. That wins you games. If he comes out, like Brady is going to be sharper than attack if uh-huh. he comes out with a defense. Okay. On. All right. I'm just telling you that All right, right well, now. Well, I'm, I'm looking to bounce back this week. I'm, okay. I'm, and and I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to get uh, Jay on so I can uh, get ready to bounce back. Ah, uh, Without further ado, Mike, it is that time. It's time to uh, put out our moneymaker picks. And, uh, man, did I kick your ass last weekend. It was absolutely amazing. No, what? <laughs> Hold on. You went 2-1. and one. Nicely done. I went one, one, and one. So, what are you, a half game ahead of me? Um, you can kick my ass. That's an ass kicking. Jeez, <laughs> okay. I won money. You didn't. You were one, one, and one. I mean, that is the uh, definition of mediocrity. That's Mike. true. I was average, but to say you kicked my ass. All right, two never and, mind. Let's two get... and one's an ass kicking. All right. All hey, right. Uh, the grand poobah of all things football from uh, Superbook going to join us right now, Jay Cornegay. And this guy knows everything. And, uh, well, let him decide. Jay, how bad do you think I kicked Mike's ass? Two and <laughs> one in my picks against the spread. He was one, one, and one. What, uh, well, like, uh, just go ahead and assess that uh, d- that uh, the beat down that I put on him. Oh my gosh, he, he's so far behind the park <laughs> that you can't even see him. I, you know, you, you might have a little mercy there. It's really early. Oh, you you think I should go? You think I should go the opposite way and just kind of pump the brakes a little bit? Um, yeah, I might. I might be able to. I might be able to pull that one off, Jay. So, how are things, man? How are you, buddy? Oh, I'm telling you, it was. It was Solid. I mean, great week one. The crowds were into it. The uh, the atmosphere was electric. I mean, people were ready for football. I think I think Jay. For we were we were talking about this earlier in the week. Uh, just from a viewing standpoint, uh, I I felt like it was pretty normal. I didn't feel like I was watching football. Uh, w- without any crowds, I thought the atmosphere watching, uh, and I'm, I'm sure you felt it at your place too. That that people really felt like they were watching pretty much normal football, right? Pretty much. I mean, I thought the quality was great. I thought there were some exciting games. Uh, you know, you had some uh, some plays that uh, were very you know memorable. I, for the most part, I think someone I described it as everybody was playing at Tampa Bay. <laughs> So it sounded like there was, but I didn't feel that way. I thought it was, I thought it was uh, very exciting because uh, uh, just the, the quality of play without any preseason games, I, I thought it was very exciting. The crowds were certainly into it. 
You know, I, uh, I I called the Seattle-Atlanta game, and I was impressed because obviously there's nobody there. There are no crowds. I mean, um, but the game itself, the quality of the game, the the way the players approached the game, and it was the first kind of normalcy that they'd had in seven months, so they couldn't wait. They were chomping to the bit to basically blast one another. And I thought the I thought the uh, not only the skill but the executions of the game were pretty good. So. From your guys' perspective, when you're setting spreads and you're doing all those things, did you change your mindset a little bit? Because I have to believe you came into the first weekend thinking it's going to be a little bit sloppy. Maybe that'll affect the spread. Have you guys readjusted the way you thought about the early season based upon last weekend's games? Well, we were catching ourselves a a bit, remembering or forgetting, actually, that there weren't any crowds. So we were like, oh, they're, they're going here. They're going to this venue. Then again, there was no crowd. So uh, we didn't take that into consideration that uh, it was going to be some sloppy play or we expected that. We didn't know what to expect. So we did our business as usual. I mean, we, we, we made the line just like we did last year. And, again, we were surprised that uh, it, was, it was really quality play throughout the card. And... I can tell you that as far as our end, it, it seemed normal, and it was. Uh, I, I think it was very uh, exciting to see that the, the quality of play without all the preseason games. Uh, but I think even more um, enticing for us was the the crowds were really into it. I mean, people love football; they love betting football, and they had a great time last Sunday. Yeah, yeah. You, you're at the at the Westgate in Las Vegas. The crowds there just watching it; they're they're loving it, right? Oh, yeah, they couldn't get enough. I mean, between, you know, first half betting, you know, in-game wagering, uh, we had an exciting game. I love the doubleheader on Monday, but uh, just the crowds were tremendous. We we didn't know what to expect. I mean, we, we can only operate at 50% capacity, which means in the Superbook we can host 1,100 people, but we had to stop it at, at, at a certain point last Sunday. We couldn't let anybody – uh, in after we uh, I, we counted just over 800 folks in our sportsbook area that we actually had to stop uh, the crowds from coming in on both ends from the casino and from the parking lot because there was just so much interest in football. Yeah, it's That's amazing. Awesome. It's amazing what's going on. And uh, you know what? Week two. Let's get it on. So here we go. Um, the ass kicking is going to continue. Mike gets to pick first. You can critique um, his horrible picks, and then uh, the expert will go after Mike. So that's how we're going to. Uh, that's how we're going to do this. So uh, the the money maker picks sure to go wrong. Mike, you are up. Go ahead. Give me uh, what you like. All right. Uh, well, I guess there is some benefit to getting my uh, <clears throat> ass kicked uh-huh. uh, in week one. Okay. Uh, I'm going to start out. I uh, Jay. I I just think the the Dallas Cowboys are already. Kind of facing a, a must win, and you know, they did not uh, answer the, the bell in, in week one. I, I think they come out strong against a, a shaky, uh, suspect Atlanta team. So I like Dallas minus the four and a half there. What say you? Well, the Cowboys' defense was not as good as I, I thought they were going to be. Their offense, I mean, they were one play away from uh, winning that game, and we all know what happened with that PI call. And there's some other questionable calls as well, and people have pointed that out. But, yeah, no one wants to start the season 0-2 with the ex- expectations that they have in Dallas. Yeah, I'm not going to say it's a must-win, 
Um, I hate to say that, but it, nobody wants to start the season 0-2. I think their offense is still about what we expected. It's very exciting. Even though they only scored 17 points, I expect them to go get on track. You're laying, what, four and a half here against the Falcons? Uh I'll go with you, Mike, even though you're in last place. All right, good. Thank you. Uh, next, I, I, you look at the teams around the NFL that are going to be maybe most affected by not having fans, home field advantage. Boy, you definitely have to think about Seattle on that short list. But still, they're at home. New England has to travel across the country early in the season. I'm not buying all of the Cam Newton hype just yet. So I'm going to take Seattle Sunday night football uh, laying the four. Yeah, I think that's going to be a popular pick. I mean, Russell Wilson is just, I mean, one of my favorite players in the league. He just makes everything so exciting. I, I, don't, I, I know what you're saying about New England because I'm not buying that either. However, their confidence level is, is right up as high as it can be right now. They're walking in there. They're strutting in there. I expect that to break over the course of the season. But not yet, so I, I think I'm going to take the Patriots plus four. Okay, all right. And then my last one, having had a chance to watch the, the Broncos up close and personal on a, a Monday night, they have some uh, more issues in the secondary. Um, I don't. Their offensive line looked good, but I still question how good they really are. Pittsburgh looked pretty strong um, with, with Big Ben back. I'm going to take. It's a big number, but I'm going to take Pittsburgh minus the seven uh, over Denver. Yeah, Broncos are really banged up here, and, and it was really unfortunate because they really needed that game. Because look, at, they got the Steelers now. They got you know the the Buccaneers on, on deck. This this is a big spot for for them, but they're just too banged up. The Steelers look great. I mean, I, I don't think there's anybody happier to see Big Ben back than than Juju, and the Steelers are are relatively healthy. Snell filled in. Uh, very well uh, in the backfield. So I'm, I'm looking for the Steelers to, unfortunately, roll the Broncos. All right. Well, there is uh, – Those are some solid picks right those there. Those are some, I'm gonna those bounce are back. some really bounce-back picks. But uh, here's where you're going to lose. So uh, I'm just going to give you all three of mine and let you just kind of comment on all three of mine because, you know, when you're the champ and it's just kind of easy, I mean, you're just going to be like, yep, those are great picks, Stink. So here we go. Uh, I'm going to go to Monday night. This is the first one I'm going to pick. Uh, the Saints on the road against the Raiders. The Raiders put up a lot of points, but they've got a lot of defensive holes, man. I, I was a lot of defensive holes. Uh, the Carolina Panthers with a new offense, uh, you know, put up 30 points on them. I'm going to take the Saints on the road, um, getting f- or giving up five and a half. So I like the Saints in that particular one, uh, minus the five and a half. Uh, then I'm going to go to the uh, the Bills uh, on the road to uh, the Dolphins. There's a theme here. Also giving up five and a half. I'll take the Bills over the Dolphins. That defense is exceptional. And uh, I think their young quarterback, although I don't think he's great yet, uh, he is dynamic and he has that duality, the ability to run and throw the ball. So I like the Bills there. And then I'm going to go mano a mano with you. I'm taking the Falcons on the other side of that Cowboy game. I'm getting the four and a half by the Falcons. Um, I was really impressed. They lost the game in Seattle or Seattle against the Falcons. They lost that game in about a four and a half minute spread, maybe a little bit less than that three minute spread when they failed on two fourth down conversions. And um, and the rest is history. And they didn't stop a fourth down to the Seattle Seahawks where Russell Wilson on a fourth and five hit Metcalf for about 40 yards and a touchdown. Um I kind of like where they are right now. I think they're going to have a bounce back game. Um, Matt Ryan is is you know Matt Ryan, and and I'm going to go with the Falcons getting the four and a half there. 
Yeah, that's a, a lot of points there. I, I understand that. I already I like the Cowboys there just to, just because of the the position that they're in at this time. Uh, whenever you give points in the NFL, it, it's so difficult. Uh, but um, I, I'm going to have to, as I mentioned before, certainly like Dallas in that spot. The Bills, uh, that's understandably, <laughs> um, betting against the Dolphins isn't a bad idea. I mean, it's. I know it's going down there. I know it's a divisional game. It's a little different. Um, but uh, right now, I feel like there's so much mojo in Buffalo. And and, and uh, Josh Allen, for the most part, is, is making plays. Uh, everybody talks about that missed pass in the end zone, and you're going to see that you know, coming from Josh every once in a while. But the, 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 just the attitude and the confidence that the Bills are showing right now early in the season, I wouldn't expect anything less for them to go down there. And I'm not saying roll the Dolphins, but cover the five and a half. And I'll, I'll agree with you, with the Saints. Uh, you know, one of the weaknesses that uh, the Raiders have is their, their pass defense. And the Saints probably are one of the top teams who most likely be in the final four at the, when it's all said and, and done. So I'll go with you on the Saints over the Raiders as well. So I think we're, what, 2-1? and one? Um, Yeah. I think I'd take that every week. Yeah, 2-1 and one every week would be a good thing. Any, uh, any pick out there, any game that you really like that you think is uh, just an automatic gimme? A lot of people talking about the, <laughs> you know, there's never a gimme, but, you know, everybody's talking about the Buccaneers and, and Brady and they're going to come back. Uh, you know the Panthers giving the Panthers nine points there in, a, in another uh, you know divisional game. I'm thinking that that's just too many points because you got Mike Evans. He's uh, he's uh, got a hammy problem. You got Godwin who's got a concussion issue. If those guys don't play, um, there's going to be limited weapons that the Buccaneers bring into that game. And laying nine points in the NFL is very tough. So I'm looking at the Panthers to cover that game against the Buccaneers. Hey, let me ask you about a quick prop bet. Uh, Is there a prop bet on Aaron Donald uh, whipping the ass at two offensive linemen and then choke slamming a running back like he did uh, on Sunday (laughs) night against the Dallas Cowboys? Because if that, that I would take that prop bet, I think. (laughs) No, it's not something that we have on the board right now. No? Can you look into that for me, Jay? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll look into it for sure. Hey, listen, we appreciate your expertise and uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, You are the best and uh, always check out Superbook. And thank you to Jay for uh, being the member of the show here and uh, and helping us out. Thanks, Jay. All right, guys. All right, uh, guys, you've learned a lot today on this podcast. I'm kicking Mike's ass. Uh, you've learned about bat wings and uh, ass sweat. And um, and you know what? It's all thanks to our great presenting sponsors um you want to get some great ass sweat check out my friends at sweet sweat because they'll get your ass sweaty um <laughs> there ain't no question about it list they're all workout company it is it's the idea it, to sweat right yeah you want to sweat well sweat they from can, everywhere right you they can help you they can help you with that that's sweet sweat at sweetsweat.com. also like to thank superbook uh what a great job superbook does and uh jake cornegay uh we appreciate you and um until next week when i uh take a dominating lead over you in the uh, money maker picks mike we'll uh, talk to you guys next week